We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this Thursday morning edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio, the podcast brought to you Every day by Twisted Tea and, of course, the Oxford Exxon. Got a great new location going up in Macomb, their largest store yet. Be able to uh, head into that here very, very soon when it gets completed. They've got all the ribs and stuff you come to know in Oxford. Hope they can take care of your tailgate packages this weekend. Remember, it's still still time. Still time. If you're going to tailgate in the Grove, you're going to be around campus this weekend. You need some help. They can help you out. A couple slabs of ribs, pounds of pulled pork, vegetables, side items, ton of tons of options, including their beer cave to handle all of your alcoholic needs this weekend, whether you're in the Grove or watching at home all the different games over the course of the weekend. So that's the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West. Again, we're coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. Clark Ford, 662-257-1900, Amory, Mississippi, Highway 25. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. He can help you out no matter where you are in the car buying process. Give Corey a call. He can get you further along. It's probably going to get you the best deal, too. So, again, that is 662-257-1900. Jeffrey Wright, all other guests join on the uh, Campbell Clinic hotline. Campbell Clinic is open in Oxford now. It's at um, – sorry, I had a little something going on there. It's uh, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics physical therapy and more to book an appointment go to campbellclinicoxford.com or call 901-759-3111 walk-ins always welcome at the campbell clinic monday through friday 7 30 a.m to 4 p.m we've got a uh, busy day on the network uh today we've got uh got the butcher versus the dance instructor presented by LB's Meat Market, LB's 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. Uh, stop by there. They're all the freshest cuts. If you're uh, looking to make, whether it's tailgating, they have lunch on Thursdays and Fridays, or uh, you're making grilling or smoking a part of your uh, your weekend, you owe it to yourself to stop by LB's. 
Uh, that show will be up probably around 2.30, 3 o'clock this afternoon. I've got to go in here and edit some start times. It'll be followed by Pete's Pigskin Preview. Pete took a deep dive into what went right and what went wrong for Ole Miss's offense against Tulane last Saturday as the Rebels prepare to play Georgia Tech. That uh, show is brought to you by Riverland Roofing. It will be up around, I don't know, 3.30, I think is what we're shooting for. Uh, are you ready? Let's see. Are you? Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of, whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program? Riverland Roofing has you covered home or business as a GAF Master Elite Contractor. They can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured Riverland Services Mississippi and its surrounding states. So text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. And Chase and I will have hand-raised guys uh, tonight, but it's going to be earlier. We're going to start around 5 o'clock-ish. Uh, that show, as always, brought to you by our friends at uh, Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products, same great people, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern 662-429-4429. Jeffrey Wright will join us momentarily here on the uh, on the show today. We'll go over Neil's picks. As uh, you know, I, I'm wondering, I know Rippy's off to a hot start. Everybody else, not, uh, not so much. And, you know, we typically do really well. We do better than the national average for sure on these college football picks. And a lot of it is just not being an idiot. There's really, really good teams, and you ride the really, really good teams, and there's really bad teams, and you make sure you don't bet on the really bad teams. I mean, it's it's not as complicated as sometimes it gets made out to be. I'm wondering if the SEC situation this year of, frankly, being kind of average is going to put us in a deal where we have our worst year yet because we're coin flipping on everything. It's only been two weeks. Maybe it all levels out, and in three weeks we're laughing at ourselves, and there's a clear four or five teams, and this is this, this is this. But I looked at that list of games yesterday when I was putting picks in and went, I don't think there's one game on this list where I would feel confident putting my real money of more than 100 bucks on. The only one that I would feel confident putting real money on is Kansas State at Missouri. That's it. I don't – I would not put real money on the Ole Miss game. I went back and forth on the Arkansas-BYU line. At first, I had Arkansas kind of winning big, and then you listen to them, and you're like, boy, it kind of sounds like Kiffin a little bit. Like, hey, we, we've got to run the ball. We've got to get this fixed. We're going to, by God, force the run. And you're like, that could get kind of sloppy, and that could get into the third, fourth quarter before they pull away. And then you think, yeah, but they blew them out at Provo last year, and uh, Ole Miss blew out. Georgia Tech in Atlanta this year, and then Lane correctly says next year, last year doesn't matter anymore. It used to, but it doesn't anymore because the teams are completely different. And then you get to like the Kentucky line. I got to think they'll blow out their MAC school of the week, but it's Akron. But I'm not positive. Positive they're going to blow them out. They didn't look very good last week. They're all pissed off at the quarterback there. Um, they're mad at Leary. Yeah, they're mad at Leary. He didn't play well. They. They played with their food against Eastern Kentucky to the point that people got uncomfortable. I mean, that's, you know, that was a weird game. Like Tennessee, Austin P. Like, I don't know, Tennessee and Florida? Uh, who knows? Like, anybody have a, I mean, anybody who tells me, oh, yeah, I've got a really strong read on that game, I'm like, how? With, with, with what? Based on, based on what Tennessee probably would have lost at Utah, too. I mean, the whole two and O, oh, what does that mean? So, I mean, yeah, I, I just, 
I don't have a read on the league. I mean, I don't even have a real good read on like LSU, Mississippi State. I mean, everything tells me LSU is going to go in there and pop them. I'll give you another crazy one. I ended up, and I didn't do it because of the whole ULM thing. I took ULM to cover because I think A&M's got, A&M's got some defensive issues that they really have to address. Like if, if ULM gets to 17 points, they're probably going to cover the line. Oh, because it's a big line, 33. It's 33. I mean, if ULM gets to 17, A&M's probably not getting into the 50s. It's a big, this is a big number. A&M had real problems last week against Miami. And maybe Miami turns out to be really, really good. Those are the, it's the things that you just don't know. And as the landscape in college football changes so dramatically now, year over year because of the portal, I just think it's really, unless you're one of these people that really trust your ability to watch snapshots of teams and evaluate them, I, I think the whole betting betting early in the year is is harder than it normally normally is. Jeffrey Wright now joining us on the uh, show. Jeffrey, we're going to get into picks in a, in, a, in a minute. We'll go through all the games, which you for take. I got some questions for you. I, I did notice this, though. I want to get your thoughts because um, – I saw it and went, I kind of get it. I, I noticed this morning that in Britain, the largest pub is doing surge pricing at the bars. They're raising beer prices Based when it's time. the busiest. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically an unhappy hour. They're copying hotels sure. and Ubers. Sure. And, you know, we're we're used to it in the travel industry. And we're kind of okay with it because it's so norm. People are beyond pissed in this pub. They're getting marketed against by the other pubs and the other companies that are that are not doing it. Say they keep their prices the same. I I think we're just so ingrained. You can't pull that over on us if you didn't always do it. I don't think that's something you can teach us to do. Um, what I find fascinating about it though is this sounds more like uh, this sounds much more of an American business practice. And I don't mean that in the, uh, I mean for the for the record, I'm pro America here, people. Um, it's doesn't this sound like optimized? And everything in America now is optimized. Like it sounds like okay, well, you know, we've got all these spreadsheets that say at this hour, uh, you should be charging this price. This just doesn't sound like something I would do in a British pub. This has to be London, correct? Uh, let's see. I've got it here. Blah blah blah. Britain's largest pub company, Stonegate Group, at eight hundred okay, so of its perfect, locations perfect. across That's the exactly UK. What I'm talking about. My first thought was, this sounds like a private equity move. Okay, like this sounds like someone that doesn't know anything about the pub business. They just know about charging, like pricing and charging, and so that makes all the sense in the world. That's interesting that you use the example of, of hotel you know how we like we're willing to spend at a hotel bar because we kind of understand why why do you think we are why are we more willing to do that at a hotel bar but like when you start charging us at the ass at an airport i'm just like f you and i just like i don't i don't give them business i am more willing to do it at a hotel bar than i am the airport that's interesting because, see, I would have thought that wouldn't bother you either. I think there's something conditioned, and I think it's what's playing into this, is when you're traveling, unless you're, like, really, really, really on budget, you just know you're spending money while you're traveling. Yeah. And you're, like, for whatever reason in your head, 
okay, that $14, $16, $18 cocktail, it's just the price of doing business. It is what it is. Whereas these British pubs, especially, and probably over there, and you can answer this better than I can because I've never been, is that's like your community and your home and your place. And you start screwing with me where I just go for my pint every day. Well, now that's a whole different mental thing than, hey, I'm headed to my vacation and I'm just going to sit at the bar and have this you know, cocktail while I look around at all the leather-bound seats and the cigar smoke. This definitely feels like a Hillstone group move. Um, Houston's and Memphis will start paying attention to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's why you know it wasn't like right off the bat when you said it, I'm like, this isn't some guy that like, this isn't the, the same pub that's been owned by the families. Like I was like, this has to be London or this has to be like a, a much bigger business than it is just someone's family business because like they wouldn't do that because the idea that you have in your mind, that doesn't really happen necessarily in the big cities. That happens more in the like in the smaller communities where you don't just have like some some equity group that basically is, you know, running. 150 pubs or whatever you know like that it, it's just a much bigger scale business if you only have like your one pub or maybe let's say like you have you know like let's even use like kelly english is not going to do this like mm. even kelly has multiple restaurants but like kelly knows like that ain't gonna fly but if i have like 150 restaurants and i'm not worried about making i'm worried about maximizing total profit i'm not worried about whether or not one goes under like that's you can kind of do that yeah, Stonegate reported a $28 million loss for the first half of the year. So here they are. Congratulations, boys. Yeah, this is where you're headed. Lats, my last thing my last thing before I get into this is we all know how this works. People apply for jobs, especially in journalism, that aren't necessarily qualified. They just like the subject matter. Can you imagine combing through the resumes for this Taylor Swift beat that Gannett and the USA Today are putting in? Uh-huh. It, they're they're going to do a Beyonce one next. The number of people that are going to go, yes, I can do that because I love Taylor. I mean, I, I don't wish anything on the hiring managers that have to comb through these resumes unless they already know who they're hiring before this started because that, that is going to first, be a cesspool. My first suspicion was they they had this position filled because because it's open, a it's a damn good business writer is who you're hiring because if you put that on the open market. Could you imagine yeah. like, that's a that's a real like this is like a good sketch comedy idea of like th- just do like seven minutes of like who you would interview. Like just doing the interviews would be just unbelievable, because the other thing that Neil likes to talk about Texas A&M being a cult, the biggest cult in the United States of America right now is the cult of Taylor Swift. And they are the Swifties are aggressive. And. <laughs> They don't understand any worldview other than the worldview of it's Taylor's world. We're living in it. She's doing three show, two or three shows at the Superdome next October. So October of 24 and for seats that are blocked by the stage where you have no view. And it's like in that corner yeah. behind where you can't oh, see yeah. anything. Thirty five hundred a pop. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, like what she has done and. I mean, she's essentially like completely restarted the concert business herself. Mm-hmm. My favorite part, though, about her is she has somehow convinced her legion of 
Swifties that like she's a victim. Like every, you know what I mean? Like it's unbelievable. It's like, you know, I I, I can't, it's just, it's driven me insane. Like the whole re-recording of her own albums, like they had every right to buy the, the record catalog that Scooter Braun ended up buying. Like she's, she is a savvy business person. They know how to print and bail money. And I applaud them because this is unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, they're saying like the economic impact of the first leg of the tour was something like $6 billion. She is going to break the record for most profitable concert tour ever. And they say Beyonce actually has a chance to break her right after this. But um, $1.6 billion on Simply Sales is the uh, current estimate. The, uh, the, the that, that goes way over what the top earner is right now, which is like adjusted for $2022, I think, was just under a billion. So, I mean, we're talking blown away. Yeah, and then I was at the Wall Street. Somebody did a somebody did a report or did like a economic analysis of like what all like hotel business, everything that she's done. She's like she generated something like six billion dollars for the economy. Yeah, currently because I just found this this list interesting. And I promise we'll move to football after this. Is the current highest grossing tours of all time? Number ten, Roger Waters, two thousand ten to two thousand thirteen. Coldplay, two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen. Rolling Stones checking in at number seven and number eight for their 2005 to 2007 tour and 17 to 21 tour. Guns N' Roses, 16 to 19 at number six. Harry Styles, 21 to 23 at number five. Coldplay, 22, 23 at number four. U2 at number three. Ed Sheeran at number two. And then Elton John's Farewell Yellow Brick Road tour, 18 to 23 currently uh, coming in. I think that was was the third Farewell tour. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I think that one was the this time I mean it. I'm really gone now. <laughs> I, I I think it I think it was like I swear to God I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like I, I physically can't do this anymore. I asked Neil right before you got on. We were talking about how the league is so weird last right now. I don't know where I would put money. What is your best bet of the week in the SEC for actual dollars and not just Neil's picks? Because I hate all these games. I, there was nothing I felt overly comp- confident about yesterday. Do you see what I wrote? Yeah. I'm I'm treating it like the ACC I did in like 2021 when I had a really good year because I was just like, nobody should be favored. Like, I, I'm just going to sit there and I'm just going to take points and, and hope for the best. And it worked out pretty well. I think what's more interesting to me is why is this? Because the two theories that I have are, number one, I'll start with what my eyes are drawn to. I just think quarterback play is not that good. I, I think that's a huge part of it. The teams that we're used to having, you know, the teams like we, when's the last time Alabama has been this unsettled at quarterback? Because I'll tell you what, this guy's, this guy's not as good as Blake Sims. Yeah. I mean, they haven't had this type of indecision since Cooper Bateman started against Ole Miss in 15 and then Jacob Coker played the game, but they were better. Coker was obviously a better quarterback than their current options. So my youngest brother was over at my house watching football. And if y'all recall, I told y'all that Thursday that Cooper Bateman was going to start. And the reason why I knew that is Connor had breakfast with Cooper Bateman and he's like, Cooper didn't eat a bite. Like he's like he he's like, and Connor realized like, hey, I think Cooper's starting, 
And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to load up on Ole Miss here because if that's the case, and it was very obvious by about the second quarter, like they, they made a mistake. The problem is I don't know what the better option is. Like to me, I still think if the, if the, if it's between, if it's between Milro or Buckner, I think I'd still rather have Milro because Milro's Buckner is not a great thrower either. And Milrow's a much, much better runner. I guess the question for me is at what point do you sit there and have to go, we've got to be able to throw the football here and we're just, we're going to go with Ty Simpson. And we, I understand you know that he's aggressive and oftentimes he makes mistakes, but at what point do you just sit there and go, we got to try this? This is where it's interesting. I've been thinking about this because there's all the hot take of, of, um, you know, Saban's lost it. The regime is over. The dynasty is dead, blah, blah, blah. And they do it based on, you know, he seems like maybe he's lost his edge and he smiles a lot more and he's gotten softer and he apologized to reporters. And I'm like, I get all that, but that's kind of touchy feely crap. The thing that indicates to me that maybe they're not what they once were is that they had an entire year last year, including a couple of weeks where Bryce Young was hurt to evaluate the quarterback thing. It made me think about the Hugh Freeze time at yep. Ole Miss when, yeah. you know, Hugh when Bo got hurt it, when Bo got hurt uh, before yeah. or during Arkansas. Yeah. Bo got hurt against Arkansas. They lost that game. It was like, I don't know. Was it 30 to nothing or something like that? Correct. Yes. And, and uh, you know, they had that whole week before the, the egg bowl where at first they didn't know whether Bo would be able to play. And then they, Ooh, Bo's going to be able to play, but listen, guys, he can't do shit till Thursday. So leave him alone, right? Do yeah. not put him out on that field and run him around. And they had the couple of practices and all of a sudden Hugh was like, you know, the whole morality thing. And we only recruit a certain kind of kid that's out the window. I need a quarterback. So I, I'm, I'm back to this with Alabama. They had that time last year where, okay, we know Bryce Young's leaving. He's not coming back. We've got these other guys. Someone in the building or some ones in the building had to decide at least at one point, you know what? Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are enough. They're, they're good enough. And then they go out and they add Buckner because that was the spring panic move. Old school Alabama back in the day when they're just viciously chasing national championships. I think they would have looked at it and said, "Uh Oh, we got a problem. We don't have anybody to replace Bryce. Find out how much Drake May needs and let's get this done. Let's get it done. Let's find, we're, we're, we're going to go after the top guy. I mean, what would Alabama look like with Sam Hartman? Well, so that was my, that was my second part of my theory is like, I think the league is definitely, I think the, I, I'm not convinced that some of these teams are so much less talented than they've ever been. I just think the quarterback plays that bad. The second part of the theory is what we've been talking about for a couple of years now, which is what if the problem wasn't necessarily uh, Alabama couldn't go get it done? Like, what if the problem was like Alabama got outbid? Because in the under the table world, they were able to make this this happen. But when it becomes this, when it becomes a, above board and it's an open market, I, I do. I don't it's think one it's of any, the boys when it was. The, I don't think it's any coincidence that Texas is quote unquote back, that USC is quote unquote back, that Miami uh, to a certain degree is back. Like, what? What if that is the issue? Because 
you know what I mean? Like in the you know, end, I go back, I go back to this. We've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. When this thing was getting rolling, this NIL pay for play thing was getting going, a very prominent person in college athletics said to me, you know, if this happens, there are three superpowers. They have the ability to separate themselves from everyone else. And I was like, well, I got to ask who? And it was Texas, Texas A&M, and USC. Now, he didn't say they would do it. He says those are the three that have the power and the financial resources and the financial commitment to separate themselves from everyone else and become absolute superpowers. And I think you're kind of seeing that. Look, I know what I saw with Texas last week. I mean, that, that was that was different. Um, and then USC, USC kind of looks the part to a degree. They look they're heading in that direction. And I don't Texas A&M, we'll talk about them in a minute. But the point is not to dissect whether Texas A&M can be a superpower. The point is Alabama didn't get mentioned. It was Alabama can't Alabama goes from being one of the, the maybe the big boy in the under the market under the table thing to just kind of being one of the guys. I mean, they're, they're, they they can compete, but they're not they're not Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime flexing on the stage, right? I mean, they're, they're, the muscles aren't just popping out. I mean, they're 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 fine. They're more competitive than you know Vanderbilt, obviously, or Mississippi State or whatnot. But they're not some superpower in in this new world. Well, I mean, I also think like if we talk about the the best run of SEC football. So if it starts, let's say it starts with uh, Meyer in Florida in 06 and rolls through what we're seeing with Georgia. I don't think it's any coincidence during those periods of time. Like that's the down, that's the downslide of USC into irrelevance. That's kind of where Texas starts to, to slip. That's where, you know, Miami had already become, Come irrelevant. Heck, Florida State had fallen off, you know, at that point for a little bit. Like I do think all those things are, I think all those things are probably related. And the thing that really stood out to me in the Texas Alabama game was, okay, well, I was expecting coming in that Quinn Ewers would probably be the if it was just going to be straight up a quarterback battle. I thought Quinn Ewers was going to be better than Milrow. The problem that I saw was, man, when you started matching up rosters, didn't you kind of think at, at the absolute worst, Texas was even with a roster? And I think that's being as kind to Alabama as you could be because I just felt like for the most part when I was watching, Texas had the better team. It looked for like sure. they traded uniforms because of the way they yes. dominated up front on the lines. I mean, at the end of the, now, in fairness to Alabama, at the end of the game, their defense had had to do like their defense had mm -hmm. kept them in that game for so long. And you can only do that for so for so long. But there's no question. I mean, Alabama couldn't stop the run at the end to to get the ball back. Texas is more dominant wide receiver, skill players. Yes. yes. Bama's kind of well, average at wide out right now. Yeah, they are. I mean, give give Texas a ton of credit. You got to give Sarkeesian a ton of credit. The, the whole the whole system. They went to Fayetteville two years ago to play that game against Arkansas in early September, and they got whacked. I mean, they got popped. And instead of going, well, you know, it was kind of fluky or whatever. No, no, they didn't do that. They they went back and said, okay, if we're going to be in the SEC down the road, we've got to completely change the way we recruit at the line of scrimmage, and they have. 
They have. They've become far more physical. Completely agree. What's your take on this uh, LSU-Mississippi State game, Jeffrey? In Starkville, Saturday morning, State getting nine from the Tigers. I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I completely agree with what your premise was at the beginning. My my thought when you look at that is, okay, State, State was fortunate to survive against Arizona last week. They win in overtime in a game in which they win the turnover battle, I think, 4 nothing, And... LSU pops grambling and, you know, maybe it turns out Florida State's going to be good. And so everything points to LSU. But I'm just like, I'm so sick of doing that. Like, I'm just going to sit there and go, okay, what's the most uncomfortable side to be on? And to me, the more uncomfortable side to be on is Mississippi State. So give me the freaking points, even though my eyeballs say LSU will do this. Yeah. Neil's, I mean, okay. Back up real quick. Yeah, the last thing on that, I completely agree with you. It like, but here, here's the thing: like, yes, state won on Saturday, but our Arizona looked like crap. They turned the ball over like crazy. It took overtime. Like, if one or two plays go differently, I don't think anybody is taking Mississippi State in this football game. Yeah, but that's I don't think the line would be that much different. Like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like this line has moved like like this line's basically moved like a point, a point and a half. Like, it's not like it's it's not like it's been, you know, moved a touchdown. I get it. I mean, I mean, maybe State thing, wins like, the damn thing outright. I don't know. Oh, I got no problem with that. Yeah, because yeah. It, it, I, I, there's the possibility that LSU's got like, like internal problems. Mm-hmm. The one game Neil said he would put money on this week of his real money, Kansas State minus four and a half at Missouri, 11 a.m. SEC Network. I made the hot take earlier in the week that Missouri might be the worst team in the league, so I had no choice but to take uh, every man a wildcat here on Saturday. This is 1,000% like this line stinks, I, and I took Missouri because I'm sitting there going like, wait, what the hell? Like this is I, – I was. So you've been more comfortable had this been eight and a half. Correct. I think I was just taking Kansas State. Okay. They just whipped Troy, man. And Missouri just like, Missouri looked like crap against Middle Tennessee. I was so mad at myself for watching some of that. Uh, Again, this is a, this is just a 25-year-old me is taking Kansas State and not even blinking. 35-year-old me that's lost a lot of bets in his life. It's just sitting there going like, eh, very rarely is it too good to be true. A little jaded in a good way, going, I don't know, I've yeah. seen some stuff. I, I, you I know, know what I mean? <laughs> what time is this game? Let's see. I think it's, it's, I think it's 11, right? 11. Yeah, it's 11 a.m. Yeah, that's not even getting a TV. State no issues on. I'll find something else. No way. Uh, 2.30. a great weekend yeah. in general. No, it's a horrid weekend. Yes, horrid. CBS, South Carolina, plus 27 at number one, Georgia. I, I Is it out of the realm here that Georgia just can't score enough? No. That offense is bad, guys. And it's Mike Bobo. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, uh, this shouldn't be that much of a surprise. The, the thing that Georgia... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think I actually would like to put South Carolina in that group of this team could be the worst team in the league. That yep. that pool that you wanted to just put Missouri in. I, I think they're really bad. Like they gave up almost, how about this last week against Furman? Apparently they almost had double digit tackles for loss. If you include like sacks and TFLs, like I don't think they can block anyone. And if you can't block Furman, well, then you definitely can't block Georgia. So to me, this just becomes a, this just becomes a question of can Georgia score enough? And the irony to me is, you know who's actually like quietly been really good this year, but he's not ever going to get the credit for it? Rattler really hasn't been that bad. And he's kind of running for his life, and he's going to get no credit for it, primarily through like his entire, you know, last six years of his life. But he's actually been pretty good, and they still stink. There's a Jeremiah Masoli vibe to the Rattler. Love, love that cop. Ooh, yes. Ooh. He's he might be he might be just enough makeup to cover up a handful of the blemishes. But man, when you wash the makeup off, it's like, whoa. Yeah. And I I I was I, I'm almost prepared to go. I was dead wrong on, on South Carolina. I'm giving it another week or two. I just don't know like what their injury situation is. Um but when I saw Luke Doty going out to catch passes, I was like, oh, they don't have players. Yeah. When they had to move both their two and three quarterbacks to running back and receiver, 
that that it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, that stuff doesn't work. It's like when Houston Nutt was moving Randall Mackey to running yeah. back, the receiver, or whatever, and people are like, "Oh, this is going to be genius." I'm like, except the fact that he's not one of those people. Correct. I mean, no, I love the comp. I think that's a great comp. It's going to be a boring game. The question is just simply, can Georgia score enough points? That's yeah, it. The only thing that'll be I interesting mean, is the line, I think. I mean, I think it says something to people not loving Alabama right now that that's only 33 at South Florida on Saturday. That's that's not a huge line considering how bad South Florida is. I agree. South Florida's worse. That's than a middle. weird line. That, that, that line's worse than middle. I went back and looked, and granted, this could not apply because of all the things that we've just been talking about this morning, but Alabama after a loss is 6-0 and since 2016, and they're 5-1 and against the line. That's the only reason I took Alabama. Okay. I'm so interested in next week in Tuscaloosa. I really am. I mean, Ole Miss. Ole Miss I'm interested simply, if Ole Miss can get guys back. Yeah, but they got to get their running game going, it, period. Because if you can't, even if you have all the receivers back, if you can't run the football against Alabama and keep them, you have to keep them honest or you have no chance because they're, they're going to be athletic up front. They're going to have good linebackers. They do. They've got guys in the secondary that can make plays. You have to keep them honest. And if you can't, it gets really, really hard. Where I would listen to, okay, they don't have to like run it for because last year, I mean, what didn't didn't they almost run it for like two hundred? Yeah, Alabama? yeah. The only way I would listen to an argument is if if you can tell me that they can protect Dart enough that I do think you can make some plays. I think Dart's throwing the football really well right now, and you could tell me you make some big plays in the passing game, like we saw Texas do. I mean. Give Texas credit. Like they hit low percentage throws, but they hit them. If Ole Miss could hit those, then all of a sudden, if you can turn that into who's got the better quarterback, well, Ole Miss could have the advantage there. But I'm with you. Why, why would I believe based on what we've seen? Like when Ole Miss can't run it, why would I believe that they're going to be able to protect long enough? I taped with Pete last night, Pete Deweese, and the entire show, more than an hour, was focused on Ole Miss's offense. And after watching, you know, him slow it down and all the different things that happened. We didn't give enough credit to Jackson Dart for how well he played. We really didn't, guys. I mean, and, and all three of us bragged on him. We didn't give him enough credit. Uh, they Look, Ole Miss has to get better up front or, or the next two weeks are not going to go well. They've got to fix it or it's not going to go well. You, you That level of offensive line play with the breakdowns and the lack of communication and just getting beat in a couple of cases – um, against Alabama and LSU, that that's going to cost you. That's going to cost you. I mean, I, I know Tulane's good. They got a couple of good players. Number zero, number six. I mean, I think really good player. Gave Ole Miss fits. He'd probably play anywhere. But th- there were some guys too. They they were they they were Tulane defensive linemen. And, well, no, I mean Chase. And they were making the, plays. Chase put up the PFF grades. Did anyone on the offensive line grade like above a sixty-five? Yeah, no, there was nothing. I mean, Judkins was their best pass blocker on Saturday. I mean, to me, though, the biggest problem that I see is without the tight end, what teams have started doing is they just line up their defensive ends super wide and everyone just crashes down and they take away like the play that Judkins has made his his hay on is just like inside zone and everyone just crashes down pinches. And you could see when Judkins was getting the ball. Like he was already having to like take two or three steps to mm-hmm. the side 
because everything was just getting like completely muddled right in front of him. And so if they can't get any tight ends back, there's nothing you can do to to force defensive linemen to play honestly. And if they, you know, because if they were if they were lining up like that with a tight end, well, that's that play where the tight end, like that little tight end delay almost just kills people with. But if you can't get that option back, I, I don't I don't really know what there is to do. Yeah, it's it's one of the, I, I'm it's one of the, this is otherwise a, a kind of a blah weekend because you know Ole Miss is going to beat Georgia Tech. I mean, if, if Ole Miss doesn't beat Georgia Tech, then they they have even more problems than what we think, and we, we're having a completely different discussion next week. Ole Miss beats Georgia Tech. Alabama is going to beat USF. The question with both is they both have big glaring questions going into league play. With for Ole Miss, it's can you establish the running game and can you figure it out up front? And for Alabama, it's what the hell are you doing at quarterback? Because if, I mean, if you're going Jalen Milrow all year, all of a sudden for Alabama, there are a handful of games coming up on their slate where I go, you know, that's not a gimme. Like where I thought those were gimmies. Like even at Mississippi State for Alabama, I'm going, well, if, if Milrow's your quarterback, this is not a sure thing. It's a likely thing, but it's not a, not a lock. Well, I mean, Saban did in his presser this week, he admitted that he thought about making a change. And that that kind of took me by surprise that he admitted it because it felt to me like they knew Milrow was limited, but they were confident that he was their guy. And I'm not saying that he was wrong. Like if you were watching that game, I'm sitting there going, like, you have to, you have this is a guy that benched Jalen Hurts at halftime of a national championship game. I mean, well, you wonder you wonder if they felt like they had to give Milrow an opportunity because of the locker room things. I, things I don't know, but modern college football, I mean, if Mil Milrow's a popular player, perception that it's his turn, he doesn't get a chance and they bring sure. him to Notre Dame and give him. Does that does that fracture the locker room? See, I'm not even thinking about Buckner. If I'm making a change, I'm going to Simpson. Because I think Buckner is very similar to to Milrow. The difference is, at least with Milrow, I get a special runner. With Buckner, I get like about, a, a runner. To, yeah, not to interrupt you. Here's the thing about Simpson that's fascinating. And I go back to my, maybe they're losing their edge over there. People are like, you guys in the media said that Ty Simpson was the best quarterback in Alabama history. No, we didn't say it. It came out of that building. People yeah. in that building were like, Ty Simpson, man, this kid. Once Bryce is gone, this kid's just going to pick up right where he left off. He's going to take off. I mean, the, the the national people weren't evaluating Ty Simpson and doing that on their own. They were getting that from people inside the building in Tuscaloosa. So the the eval in Tuscaloosa was off. It's like last year when, hey, this is going to be Saban's best team historically. That wasn't media making that up. That was coming out of that building. I get why people want to bang on the media because you hate the media. I don't blame you. I don't like most much, much media either. But you do have to think about it a minute and go, where's that coming from when respected college football writers who you know are connected, have connections inside that building, are all saying the same thing? It's coming out of the building. That's what they thought internally. No, I, I'm with you. Like The bigger problem is it's an identification problem. Mm -hmm. so you know that was and that was if you when it's all over and people go what was Nick Saban's strength what what did he do well what he did well incredibly well 
over a long period of time is he was great at evaluating coaches and players. He was phenomenal at it. They were the best at evaluating. They identified earlier than most people. They offered earlier than most people. They got in on guys earlier. He always went out and got bright young coaches uh, in the in the beginning of the primes of their careers. He wasn't afraid to take chances on hires. Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian. He was always adapting. But guys, everything does have an endpoint. Everything has an endpoint. And I'm not saying we're there, but, but I think maybe we're getting closer to it where maybe either the game is caught up to to them or they're slipping. Maybe the, the, well, I think the evaluation skills are off a little bit. I think you also make an interesting point with coaches. I mean, it used to be Alabama could always just pay more to have the best coaches. Well, now almost all of these, you know, there's probably 30 jobs that can pay their coordinators. I mean, what's Pete Golden making? A couple mil. I mean, if, if, Ole Miss can, if Ole Miss can pay coordinators like that, and then all of a sudden now you get into this situation where, you know, quality of life working for Saban is not great. And so now all these guys can work at places that, you know, are probably a little better for their families and they can still make the same money. And, you know, it's just it's just gets harder and harder and harder to keep replacing, replacing, replacing because you have to hit every single time. Yeah. How much uh, trouble is A&M in? Jeffrey, 33, not again, not this week. They're giving 33 ULM. That's kind of whatever you can see Nils picks. But just in general, what'd you take from that last week against Miami? So the final score was damning, and AM's defense is damning. I wasn't a hundred percent out on Connor Wegman. I kind of thought he looked pretty good at times and made some big plays at times. He did have a couple of key mistakes, but I mean what he's I think he's this is like his sixth start of his career. So yeah, I thought he was a high upside guy that could be really good this year, frankly. And I still kind of felt the same way. I mean, to me, the bigger problem is like, yo, what the hell is Durkin doing? How do you have that many players? Because it's not just like, oh, like with Alabama, I can make the argument. Like, I think there were some misidentifications. When you watch AM play on defense, you're like, well, why are they this bad? Like, they got monsters up front. I guess if you want to say where the mistakes are made is maybe their secondary is not that great. But I don't look at A&M and go like, that is, uh, that team's overrated. I look at A&M and go like, that team's just mismanaged. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to give them just a little bit more benefit of the doubt, but I'm curious now. I mean, the couple of games, I thought going into the season, Auburn's a win. Arkansas was a win. I thought they were going to get off to this 5 and 0 start, be have momentum going into October and all of that. I, I don't know that I think that anymore. I, and they're going to beat ULM and I think they'll beat Auburn. I'm curious about them and 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 Arkansas now because if defensively they have trouble stopping people, if Arkansas gets Sanders back They've developed they, – they, they're a little better at receiver, Arkansas is, than maybe people thought they'd be, and K.J.'s been there a long time. They could lose that game. And, dude, they lose twice in the first five. It's over. He's not going to make it. He's not going to get to the finish line if they have two losses. And now they have one. And maybe Miami's really good. I said that earlier in the show. Maybe Miami's really good. Mario's been telling people that this team was different, that all that, but – Van Dyke goes five touchdowns, no picks, 
just picks them apart. Are we are we to believe that he's just that much improved over a year ago? Well, they did get rid of Josh Gaddis, and Josh Gaddis is one of the most overrated human beings in the sport of college football. And they've gotten to like they I will say this. He looks closer to the player that he was that was getting a lot of hype last year coming yeah. into the season. And what I was impressed with Miami on Saturday was every time they needed like every time they needed to scheme up a big play, it felt like they did it and they hit it. Now, yeah. is that is that going to be sustainable for every game this season? No. But I am willing to accept, hey, just for the same things that we're talking about here, like he had to change coordinators. Like I am willing to accept that he he made good hires and he improved he improved their coaching room rather than I I don't know what you would say about Alabama right now. Because would you, I don't know how much of the I don't know how much of the Patriots you've gotten to watch. You got to watch on, on Sunday, but while Bill O'Brien is like Bill O'Brien, I don't think like is an elite offensive mind. I still think he's a good, good offensive mind. And Mac Jones started to look more competent after the first quarter. Like he throws the pick six in the rain, but once the weather got back down to you know reasonable, Mac Jones started to look competent, which he did not all last year. Yeah, uh, Tennessee, Florida on Saturday. Florida getting seven. What's sort of the one question you got on this? Is it more Tennessee based or Florida based? It's interesting. The question I have about the football game is Tennessee-based. Can Tennessee hit big plays? Because they really haven't this year. Like last year, I think they were like top 10 in the country in explosive explosive play rate. This year, they're like somewhere like around 99 in that area. The thing that's interesting, though, to me is the football question that I have is Tennessee-based. But if Tennessee goes and wins the game, it almost feels like the it almost feels somewhat of like a no win position for Tennessee because if Tennessee goes in and handles their business and wins convincingly, the entire conversation becomes, well, Florida sucks. And then if Tennessee goes in and struggles, then the conversation becomes, well, Tennessee, Tennessee sucks. And so what are we dealing with? I, I think for me, that's kind of what I found fascinating. And I guess the whole question of like, you know, at a certain point does, Milton get going or does Milton struggle again? And does Tennessee have a sit, have to sit there and deal with a uh, quarterback issue? College experience. Welcome to college town, Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best. That's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss college town. Oxford is Next door to the Ole Miss campus, they offer spacious two, three, four, and five-bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Their incredible amenities will make you feel like you're living in a resort, whether it's a weekend binge-watch session or hosting the best game day parties. You'll do it in comfort and style, cheering on the Rebels with your friends. The community is designed to give you the perfect blend of comfort and convenience. So don't break up the gang. Grab your friends. Pick out your favorite floor plan and reserve it today at collegetownoxford.com. Text their VIP list today. Become the first to know when their leasing for fall 2024 is open. That number is 662-300-3733. Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of? 
Whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or maintenance program, Riverland Roofing has you covered home or business as a GAF Master Elite contractor that can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured, Riverland services Mississippi and its surrounding states. So text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. We're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. They've got two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered there. It's also a great venue for uh, events, uh, corporate outings. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Are you a displaced corporate executive? Are you wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludeke can help you. He is a uh, longtime Rivals board member. He's a diehard college football fan. He owns multiple franchises and businesses, uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy and put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, contact Andy at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or 404-973-9901. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. So schedule your appointment today and take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com. I guess also brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're up at night, can't really sleep, you got stuff going on, racing through your mind, therapy can sometimes help. BetterHelp would be a great option for that just trying to fall asleep, but your brain suddenly will not stop. Do so your thoughts start racing right before bed or other inopportune moments? One way to uh, make those go away is to, again, talk them through. Sometimes uh, what's going on in the middle of the night is something you can face during the day. Therapy gives you a place to do that. Get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime with no additional charge, you can turn your video on or off, make it what you need it to be. So get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MPW. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but in some ways, doesn't that mean that Tennessee has some respect about them? I mean, like, Hey, we know they're at least decent. So whatever, like it's more of they don't. They, there's nothing about this game they can necessarily prove because until Florida yes. shows something, we just think they are absolutely are horrid. Yes, I. I that's kind I of mean, same thing. Feel, but it feels like it's just kind of like a no win spot for Tennessee. It's either like yeah, it's either Florida sucks or you know, uh, maybe they're just not as good as we thought. And I'm kind of with you. I, th- I think Florida has a chance to keep this pretty competitive and it'd be sort of close and a slog and whatever this looks like. Um, I'm not talking about Vanderbilt UNLV. Vanderbilt minus four UNLV, six o'clock on Saturday, CBS Network for uh, that one. You're taking the running Rebels, though, in this. You got them covered. Yeah, I'm, I'm just until until Vanderbilt shows that I can actually like trust them, I'm, there's no way like I'm betting on them. Uh, none of us took Georgia took Ole Miss to cover this line. I just I, I see it, and I see an Ole Miss team with three pass catchers out. Their top three pass catchers out. 
a running game that isn't getting getting going in Alabama in a week. And I just go, there's no way they're expending enough energy for this. And that's that's how I feel. I just this to me is not a reflection of what I think about Ole Miss. This is a reflection of what I think about the injury report. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Georgia Tech scored points against Louisville. To assume that they're not going to score any against Ole Miss, I mean, are we suddenly because Ole Miss had a couple of good defensive quarters against Tulane, they're, they're suddenly the eighty-five Bears? I'm, I'm not ready to do that either. No, and I, I still think like they have. I, I don't really think like Georgia Tech's going to really threaten to win the game, but at the same time, like I don't know, it's they Georgia Tech also strikes me as a team when you watch them play, like they're going to play till the final whistle and. Ole Miss has a much more significant game coming up in a week than they do this week. Like, I do think, yes, you'd like to see them get things going and you'd like to see them look better offensively. But do I trust that Ole Miss is going to sit there and, and play to the final number in the fourth quarter? Yeah, they, got, I mean, if, they got a much bigger proposition next week. Yeah, if you're Lane and you're up 27 points third quarter, you got to get guys off the field. You you just do. You cannot run the risk of of another of another key injury before you get ready for this gauntlet that's coming their way, which is at least a two game gauntlet, and it might be a three game gauntlet depending on what Arkansas is. But it's a two game gauntlet for sure. anybody that anybody that still thinks Alabama and LSU aren't really talented rosters, you're, you're kidding yourself. So you 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 can't you can't leave a bunch of guys in up 24, 27 points late third quarter so that you can score more points and throw the play sheet up in the air. You got to get guys out and that gives the opportunity for a backdoor cover for Georgia tech. I just, I think Georgia tech plus 19 and a half is a safer bet. That's that's exactly. I think we all feel the same way. Yeah, 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 sure. BYU plus 10 at Arkansas, six thirty ESPN. I, I have no real justification. I have no analytics. I have nothing to base this off of. I just see a weird game on Saturday night that BYU makes interesting before losing. I don't know why. Uh, BYU's. I watched BYU play Sam Houston State. It was a – Sam Houston State is a team that, like, just – like, they're kind of like poor man's Rutgers where they just turn the game into just a disgusting fight. And BYU's offense looked really bad. That night, um, honestly, you could tell me if this isn't a close game, you could tell me Arkansas is able to take advantage and score more than BYU. But I kind of see the same thing. Like, what's the standard or what's the what's the status of Sanders? He's out. I mean, that offense looked pretty listless last week without him. And again, it's a it's a Mac game. I'm not going to sit there and go and fault, you know, Arkansas for not being jacked up for that game. But I don't know, like, I, I just, I've not, the other thing that's really stood out to me this year about SEC games is, man, when you watch college football, if you're watching other leagues and whatnot, the SEC games just aren't as, like, fun to watch right now. They're just kind of slogs. Yeah, Arkansas is one of those teams that so far through two games, we don't know a lot about them because, A, I think they've been intentionally vanilla. B, yep. they've, had, they've had injuries. Uh, see, he's playing a bunch of guys. Like he was, they were playing. They played ten offensive linemen in the first half. I think against who they play last week. Uh, Kent, Kent State. State. I think it's Kent State. Yeah. So you know they're experimenting and they're trying to force the running game. And they don't have Sanders. Sanders is like that's the equivalent of Ole Miss losing Judkins. I mean, if Quinshawn was out, we'd be like, oh boy, I don't know. I mean, what's this going to look like? And that's what it's like for them. I mean, they're really dependent on on Sanders. So. 
I think we all have this wrong. I think Rippy and them are going to gain a game on us. I, there's such an athleticism difference, but I'm kind of a chase. I have this kind of gut feeling that that's going to be sloppy for a while. BYU, the winner of six straight. That is uh, one of the top ten longest winning streaks in college football right now going into uh, Saturday against the Razorbacks. And, and to Neil's point, I think I said the same thing last year in this game, and then Arkansas just went up there and, like, killed them. <laughs> they yeah. just out-athleted them so yeah. bad. Um, just I'm looking at current losing streaks in college football. Nevada is at 12, the longest losing streak in college football right now. Baylor is at number two. They played Ole Miss in the 2021 Sugar Bowl, and they've lost six in a row. Well, and they their quarterback's out. They're playing Sawyer Robinson, the kid that was at State. The star has fallen on a coach there. I mean, oh, they're big time. I, Apparently, the one good thing working for Aranda is, other than Texas, everyone else in the state looks like that they're down. Yeah. Like, TCU looks down. A&M just lost. I guess SMU is kind of frisky, but at the same time, like, everyone's I mean, come like, on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to shift here. Last few minutes. There you go. Uh, how much of that was just weird game, and how much of that was the discrepancy between the Cowboys and the Giants on Monday night? Little column A, little column B. Okay, um, yeah. It did not like to be clear. I, the Cowboys were going to win that game. I think that I think that game could have been played ten times under under those conditions, and the Cowboys win that game. But the Giants had a good drive put together, and they're moving it down the field. They get the bad snap, and then they have to kick the field goal, and then the field goal gets blocked for the touchdown, and then all of a sudden. The Giants are a team that needs to be playing from in front. Like they kind of boa constrictor you. And when they started chasing from behind, well, all of a sudden you get Parsons and Lawrence. Like mm-hmm. you're, if you're trying to throw the ball on them, like good freaking luck. The driving rainstorm didn't help because then the Cowboys, their advantage is just how physical they are up front. And there's not much you can do. But my fear coming into the season was last year was last year was a lot of things going the right way for the Giants. And you see, like, it's really hard when everything has to be perfect week after week after week after week. It's hard to maintain. I am still willing, though, to say, like, the the Cowboys have owned us for the last basically since Dak's been the starter. And I'm willing to say, like, the game that got out of hand, you throw it in the trash, you move on. The problem is still the schedule. Like this, you get you get the Cardinals this week on the road, but the Cardinals looked friskier than I think anyone expected on Sunday. Like if you don't go and get that one, you are looking at just a dreadful, dreadful start with the schedule. What do you like tonight? Philadelphia coming off a weird game against the Patriots, as you as you mentioned, they had a huge lead, ended up winning twenty five twenty. And then I think we all believe a regression for Minnesota, but they are in Philadelphia tonight. They're getting five and a half. I mean, it's primetime Kirk Cousins. Is doesn't doesn't the doesn't our doesn't our play sheet like if we've got like the the fourth down decision chart, doesn't it just say Kirk Cousins on the road in primetime? Take the other team. <laughs> isn't isn't that what the card says? I will say Minnesota moved the ball up and down the field on Tampa Bay but they just had so many turnovers and Philly does 
Philly looked very sloppy against the Patriots. I also think, though, that might have said more about the Patriots than it said about Philly. Like, I do think the Pats defense is legit. And I, I think they presented some problems. My gut says here, uh, lay it with Philly. The game that I'm most intrigued by on Saturday, a noon start. So give me this pick and I'll let you go. Kansas City giving two and a half at Jacksonville on Saturday, on Sunday. Is Kelsey back? I know they practice. Is he back back? I don't know. I think Kelsey and Jones are back. Jones is definitely back. I know it's fun to say the Jags like could be like the, the team to watch for. I don't know. I just remember watching that playoff game. And I, I get it. The Jags have added Ridley. They've they've added some pieces. Like that was like the most backdoor cover playoff game of mm-hmm. like the Chiefs were up the entire time. And this might be a, an opportunity for the Chiefs to sit there and remind you, like, oh yeah, they're still really good. Yeah. Not going 0 2, most likely. Right. What uh who are you talking to this afternoon? What are y'all doing? Oh, good God. What are we doing this afternoon? Yeah, Memphis uh, football tonight, man. Memphis laying oh, 14 true. at home That's against Navy. Navy. Navy and Navy's bad. I mean, hey, guys, game that's going to be on picks next week. Could be 3-0 and Memphis against, you know, either 3-0 and or 2-1 and Missouri in St. Louis. Get your popcorn <laughs> ready. Who doesn't want to get covers out? Tonight, right? they, Memphis covers 14 against Navy, right? Ryan's really bad against the number. Um I think so because I actually think their defense is pretty decent for especially for a G five defense. Like you, you watch them play and you're like, oh, they're they're not bad. Like they're they're pretty fast. Like they're athletic. Their best coordinator is their defensive coordinator. And you know, Navy Navy is uh, Navy's very much in transition, and it's really hard to replace a really good coach, even if you're upset with them. So hold on a minute. That game's in St. Louis next week. Yeah. Yes, it was supposed Why? to be. It was supposed to be in Memphis. It was like a two for one, maybe. And the penalty. It was written. It was a contract written in like 2012, and Missouri basically only had to pay like a hundred grand to get out of the game. This wasn't like a they owed two million dollars to get out of the game. So there was a compromise because Memphis's AD used to work at Missouri. There was a compromise, like, go play the game in St. Louis. Okay. Huh. Uh, also, last thing, if anybody's going to bet the Eagles, they are without Kenny Gainwell tonight, uh, James Bradbury, the corner, and safety Reed Blankenship, and Fletcher Cox is questionable. So, a lot of injuries. No, there. I will say, if you want to if you want to talk yourself into the Vikings, that's the formula. Because how do you – like, the Vikings have offensive weapons, and if you're not getting to the passer – and your secondary's weak. I, that's not a good formula when Justin Jefferson's on the other side. Yeah, fair enough. All right, show tonight, Jeffrey. All right, Enjoy boys. It. Take care. Oh, Jeffrey Wright joining us there for the uh, the game this week. It's a really, really bad slate. There's some interesting NFL games, but the, the college slate is just not it's good. It's horrific. I'm sitting here yeah. looking for the – I got to do, you know, my picks for the competition with Siski, and I'm I'm like – struggling to find five college games that I feel even remotely decent about. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrific. There's nothing there. I mean, the games are so bad. I'm literally looking at like Western Michigan plus 28 and a half at Iowa going, okay, can Western Michigan score like three or seven? Cause if they do, they cover that line. 
Yeah, that's the question is, can Western Michigan just score at all? Like, just give me a touchdown and we got a shot here. Give this me is... seven points and you're going to cover the th- that line because, I mean, <laughs> I was not scoring in the 30s. I mean, frankly, if Western Michigan kicks a field goal, they cover the line. How's McNamara been? It's okay. Okay. Better than the guy last year. I mean, North Carolina minus seven and a half against Minnesota. That doesn't feel terrible. But Minnesota could cover that. They could. In the uh, in the NFL, if you want to see what a quarterback is worth from a line movement standpoint, prior to the injury, the uh, Jets opened as a three point fa- uh, sorry three point underdog at Dallas on a Sunday. It's now nine and a half, so six and a half points there once uh, Rodgers went down. So nine and a half if you'd like the Jets against Dallas on Sunday. Saints only a one point favorite at Carolina on Monday Night Football on uh, Monday. It's kind of an interesting line. Sorry, it's up to three. It opened at one. It's moved to three. Now, we get two Monday night games. We get uh, Saints-Panthers and Browns-Steelers on uh, on Monday night. I think the Saints' so, issue is without Kamara, do they have enough of a running game to score points? And they they don't. They're, 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 they're bad. The run game is really bad. I mean, it's just trying to do what you can. It puts Carr in a weird situation. I mean, he was good. Carr played well, but you're asking, you're asking a lot at that point. I mean, you're asking a whole lot. It is what it is. Um, it was like a bit of a scary must-win for Buffalo a little bit on Saturday of Sunday. If you can have one of those in Week Two, nine-point favorites over the Raiders on Sunday. Just got a hunch that game's close. I don't know. I I, I like the Raiders to cover nine, nine and a half on Sunday against the Bills. Yeah, I've got and maybe I'm going too strong against the Bills. You like Detroit minus five and a half against Seattle? Seattle looked bad last week. Yeah, the Rams popped them. Detroit's had 10 days back at Five home. and a half is just big enough a number to make you uncomfortable. In the Because it's moved from three. Ravens-Bengals, fascinating game at noon on Sunday. It's a great game. That's a good game. Yeah, for just watchability and being interested, that's a, that, that's a good game. Bengals need that. Need that game. Chargers only giving three at Tennessee. It feels like Vegas is putting a lot of money on the Chargers having to fly. Oh. Here's one that I don't understand. Why is Tampa only a two and a half point favorite over the Bears? Tampa's not good. Did you see the Bears? I know, but Tampa's not good. Let's let let me. Did you see the Bears? Tampa's the worst team in a bad division. You know, the Bears keep blaming it on everyone. They blame it on everyone. Oh, well, it's the coordinator. It's the offensive line. It's the defensive line. It's the water boy. It's like, is it possible that it's fields? Is it just possible that you don't have a quarterback? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a quarterback league. Is it possible that you're losing because you don't have a quarterback? Well, it's likely you're losing because you don't have a quarterback. Is what it is. Yeah, it's quarterback league. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I think too. You know, I mean, it's just Miami only giving three at New England on Sunday night. That's interesting. That was a that was a line where had that been five, I would have believed you. When it came out to three, I went, "Woo, hmm, yeah." Okay. Just you screwing with us a little bit, Vegas? You know something? What are we? What are we doing? Uh, switching sports. Well, they're definitely screwing with you. They're definitely yeah. they're definitely trying to trick you. Yeah. Uh, Braves clinched their sixth straight NL East title last night. 
Um, I've had a lot of runs. You know, since 1969, they have more division titles than anybody else in baseball. I think Yankees and Dodgers are uh, number two and number three on that uh, on that list. I think they're still six up in the uh, race for home field. And there's a story in the Athletic today about how the Dodgers actually are very vulnerable. Even though they're very good, this is not your typical Dodgers team. Mm-hmm. Um, heightening that if they play well, Atlanta with a really big opportunity right here. Um, so the so. Dodgers will have their hands full with the Brewers. Pointing out that Kershaw's got some injuries. He's banged up. He's old. They've got all kind of stuff going on. And that maybe their number two starter at this point is Lance Lynn. Again, if you play Milwaukee, is it a five game series, the divisional playoff? Is it is it a five still? I don't even if know. It's, if it's if it's five, you're facing Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. Three really good, really good starters. And if it's a seven-game series, they can throw White Wade Miley at you, who's had a really good year and is a pro's pro. I mean, if you're a Lance Lynn guy, you got to be a Wade Miley guy. They're kind of the same sort of veteran presence. Dodgers have some issues. I think the Dodgers would be vulnerable against Philadelphia, Milwaukee, obviously the Braves. The Braves will have to lose it. Someone, The Braves will have to just have a bad week that comes out of nowhere for them not to win the national league. Yeah. Best of five. Yeah. I I just don't trying to think what, if I'm the Braves, what team do I just not want to see? I think it's Milwaukee. I, I don't oh. want to see that pitching because pitching in the big leagues, pitching can shut down an, an offense. Sure. E- even, even the Braves offense. And I don't think another team in the national league has the pitching to hold them down. Because I I know he had a really good start against them, but like Lance Lynn is a horrific matchup from a like for him for the Braves. I mean, home yeah. run. He he leaves the major leagues and giving up home runs, and the Braves hit him in spades. Lance has had a hell of a career, right? I'm not, yeah, not, this yeah, is yeah. not a criticism of Lance at all, but yeah. Who do you want to see, Corbin Burns or Lance Lynn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Lance again <laughs> has had a terrific <laughs> career, but I mean, we we are near the tail end of it, and and he is. He still he still throws a heavy fastball that can he'll have a night, but he doesn't consistently have that night anymore. He he did for a long time. This is not an anti Lance Lynn commentary. So before anybody jumps at me, it's not at all. He's had a hell of a career, and frankly, for a quote one pitch pitcher end quote as a starter, it's a, he's had an amazing career. Yeah, no, we're talking – he was not supposed to be a situation where he was going to have to carry them in the postseason. It was supposed to be a spot start, eat a bunch of innings, and they've had injuries and stuff and the thing with Urias, and it's just been – Yeah. I mean, it is Urias, what it is at this point. Urias is done. I mean, I – Yeah. He's the first pitcher to give up 40 home runs or more in a single season. That happened uh, September 6th. His uh, he was asked about it after the game, and his quote: "I mean, once you go over thirty, who gives a shit?" So there's uh, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> uh, you see where Max Scherzer probably out for the for the yeah. postseason. He's, yeah, it changes the game for the for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. So what are we thinking? We're thinking Braves, Orioles. That's what I want. It's fun. Give me the Braves or Orioles. That's what I want. Now look, no, 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 no. I, 
we got that thing with the dude. No, 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 never mind. I don't need the Orioles in the World Series. I don't want to get frustrated by the announcer getting suspended thing. I, I, I don't want them to win anymore. It, it killed me on the Orioles. I'm I'm glad I was not year, into, year two of jumping on their bandwagon. I'm out. That that turned me off. I'm done. For people that keep up with SEC, uh, the Orioles finally called up Heston Kerstad oh. yesterday, presumably for him to play. So, interesting. Yeah, the Orioles, the Orioles and the Braves have a lot of similarities with the way they've built. Yeah, on the field, that's the that's the series I think would be the most fun. I do. I, I think that's. I mean, they played three games earlier in the season. The Braves won a really hotly contested two out of three series. I think. I think that's it. If Baltimore doesn't get there this year, they're getting there. It's it's just a matter of time. They have done a terrific job of building that organization. Yeah, I mean, the American League, Orioles are in, Tampa's in, Minnesota is in, Houston is probably in, Rangers probably in, Mariners probably in. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. The, the Blue Jays are only one back of those last couple teams, so somebody's getting left out. Mariners, Rangers, Astros, Blue Jays. I'm not counting the, the Blue Jays out. Every time I watch them, I'm really impressed. Got a, good, NL, a lot of good young players. Um, Braves 96 and 50, Brewers 81 and 64. They've maintained their lead against the Cubs now, four up nope. with how many ever to go. Um, Cubs Dodgers are, up, Cubs 13. are struggling right now. Cubs have lost five of their last seven, and they look like they look like they're hitting the wall. Braves now up seven and a half for the home field advantage. Yeah, they'll have it for sure. So you can't make up seven and a half and 15. I mean, that's just not. It's it's pretty much done. Not without a whole lot of head to heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right, we will uh, be back for hand raised guys again. As Neil mentioned, a ton of content coming the rest of your way. Rebelgrove.com also for the written stuff, and then Ole Miss and Georgia Tech six thirty Saturday from Baltimore Way Stadium. We'll have a post game show presented by Dead Soxy following that as well. So hope all can have a wonderful day. Stay safe coming into Oxford this uh, weekend. We'll talk to you again very soon. <laughs>